Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is 7 News with Sally Bowery. Good morning. A Sydney primary school has been shut down because of a COVID-19 scare. Miley Hogan is outside Rose Bay Public School in Sydney's east. Hello to you, Miley. Uh, is there any word yet on whether it's a student or a teacher who could be infected? Good morning, Sal. The New South Wales Health Department has just confirmed that the suspected case is a staff member who worked at the before and after school care program at Rose Bay. The Health Department alerted the Education Department last night and they made the decision to shut down the school as a precaution. There are no students on the grounds today. We have just seen cleaners arrive to start that process. If the case is confirmed, it will be the third school in the eastern suburbs to have a coronavirus case in the past month. Sal? And Miley, this all comes against the backdrop of more planned protests in Sydney. Sal, yes, there is a refugee rights protest that was organised for Saturday. But last night, the Supreme Court made a ruling to make that gathering unlawful. New South Wales police are asking the public to, to respect the court's decision, warning that protesters could face a $1,000 fine or arrest if they attend, but it has done little to deter organisers. We think that uh, really what's happened is a very you know, unnecessary measure by the police you know, to go to the courts. We don't believe we'll be in, uh, in violation of those health regulations, so there's no reason why the protests can go, you know, can't go ahead. Another unrelated protest for the Black Lives Matter movement is organised for this evening. No official paperwork or permit has been given out for that gathering. Police say they are aware of it and they are asking the public not to go. All of this as New South Wales breaks a record for the most number of people tested for coronavirus in the past 24 hours. We've hit 15,220 and only two people have come back positive. Both of those are travellers returning from overseas and they are in hotel quarantine. Now we're just waiting on the test results for the staff member from this public school. Sal? OK, thank you, Marley, for that update. Well, protests in support of refugees are also scheduled to take place in Melbourne this weekend. Laurel Irving is in our newsroom in Melbourne. Good morning to you, Laurel. The protesters there believe they've come up with a way to skirt around COVID restrictions. That's right, Sally. Well, the Refugee Action Collective was planning to hold two big rallies tomorrow afternoon here in Melbourne, but it's clear police are taking a much harder line approach this weekend. Last weekend at the Black Lives Matter rally, we saw that they did not find any protesters taking part. Well, this time they have warned the Refugee Action Collective that if they gather in groups more than 20, that they will be fighting protesters. So as a result, the collective has announced that it instead is going to be holding eight 
small, separate, simultaneous protests tomorrow afternoon. Now, the Deputy Chief Health Officer has welcomed the attempt to try to make it safer, but the government remains concerned about any protests. We would discourage people from coming together uh, in large numbers, even if they break up into smaller groups. There's still issues about how they're going to get there, uh, you know, having lots of people travelling together, uh, coming together in large numbers presents an inherent risk. It's a particularly sensitive issue in Victoria. We had somebody who attended that Black Lives Matter rally last weekend test positive after the rally. No new cases linked to the rally today, just four in Victoria over the past 24 hours. But officials have said it is possible we will see more cases, which is probably why they're taking a much harder line approach this weekend, Sally. OK, thanks for that, Laurel. Well, pressure is mounting on the premiers to reopen state borders during today's national cabinet meeting with the Prime Minister. Live to Olivia Leeming in Canberra. Good morning, Olivia. Scott Morrison warns the border closures are hurting the economy. And costing jobs. Good morning, Sal. He's urged the premiers to settle on a date in July to reopen their state borders, warning there is no medical basis for the closures, that they were never recommended by the chief medical officers. All states and territories remain closed to interstate travel except for New South Wales, Victoria and the ACT. Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton has taken aim at the Premier in his home state of Queensland this morning, accusing Anastasia Palaszczuk of failing local businesses. These businesses need lead time and there's no reason at the moment why the whole of the state uh, of Queensland shouldn't, uh, in fact all the borders uh, should be open. And we've got the Premier playing these silly political games uh, when she should be opening up the state. National Cabinet also reviewing limits on indoor gatherings and how to slash red tape to kickstart major road and rail projects to boost jobs. As well, discussing if Australians returning from overseas should start paying for their accommodation when forced into two weeks of quarantine. The states have forked out tens of millions of dollars in hotel fees so far and questions remain as to whether that's really sustainable long term, Sal. OK, thanks very much. Olivia Leeming there. Let's go to finance now, where the Aussie market has opened down 3%. Joining me is Network Finance uh, editor Gemma Acton. Good morning, Gemma. It seems our market is taking its lead from a big fall on Wall Street. Morning, Sally. Yes, last night was a sea of red over in the US. The Dow Jones dropping by nearly 7% in its worst day since mid-March. The fears have been triggered by concerns over a surge in new coronavirus cases in some American states, alongside growing discomfort over the increasing gap between the soaring share market and the troubled global economy. As expected, our local share market plunged upon opening, as you said, and is now down around 3%. Leading the falls are some of the companies that have had the strongest recovery in recent weeks, including travel companies, Webjet Flight Centre and Qantas. The major banks are also all around 5% lower after a very strong run-up in the past couple of weeks. And succumbing as well to the fear gripping the markets in the past 48 hours is our Aussie dollar. Having broken through 70 US cents a couple of times in recent days, it's now around two cents below that. So. Okay, thanks very much, Gemma Acton, reporting for us there. Well, there are warnings for our senior citizens to be fire safe after a series of blazes this week. On Wednesday, an elderly couple were pulled from their burning home in Sydney and last night, a 71-year-old man died when his unit went up in flames in Adelaide. Peter Caldicott has more. Neighbours say they felt shockwaves when the gas cylinders exploded inside this Morris unit just before 7 o'clock this morning. 
Windows were blown across the driveway as the unit erupted in flames. Neighbours ran to help 71-year-old Bob, who was trapped inside. And everyone was running around with hoses, trying to put the fire out. The flames were spreading to an adjoining unit, but fortunately an elderly lady who lives there got out safely. Despite everyone's heroic efforts, Bob tragically never made it out and died in the fire. A 49-year-old man from a neighbouring unit who risked his life to save Bob was taken to hospital suffering smoke inhalation. The efforts of a person who uh, trying to help out there has been nothing short of heroic to uh, just jump in and help out wherever possible. That's, yeah, we, we really admire. Firefighters say the blaze was sparked by four LPG cylinders that Bob used inside his home for cooking and heating. It's also understood the cancer sufferer also had oxygen cylinders to help him breathe. Using gas cylinders inside a property is obviously very dangerous. They need to be used in a well-ventilated area. Residents say they did everything they possibly could to save Bob, who was trapped inside his burning unit. We weren't sure if he was in there or not because the flames were too intense. Police and firefighters say it's incredibly lucky more people weren't seriously injured or killed. A section of a beach on the New South Wales central coast has been roped off after the discovery of a human bone. A woman walking her dogs made the grim find at Umina Beach near Woiwoi yesterday afternoon. She took the jawbone to the police station and it's now being forensically tested. It could possibly, you know, help someone with like solving a missing persons case or just returning someone's loved one to them. Police have established a crime scene and are searching the sand. The Queen's made her first public Zoom video call to mark Carers Week in the UK. Her Majesty, who's in lockdown at Windsor Castle, was joined by her daughter, Princess Anne, to thank millions of carers for their efforts. Sarah Greenalch reports. Well, there are fears that due to the ongoing COVID-19 risks and her age, the Queen is 94, that she may never return to her regular frontline duties. But she is proving that there are new ways to engage. She did have a little bit of help. She logged on to this Zoom call with the assistance of her private secretary from Windsor. And sticking to royal protocol, she was the last to join the call and the first to leave. After 68 years on the throne, the Queen proving she's not afraid to try something new. I'm very glad to have been able to join you today. The call marking Carers Week in the UK. Interesting listening to all your tales and, and stories and I'm very impressed by what what you have achieved already. Joined by daughter Princess Anne, the pair heard stories from primary carers about balancing their own physical and mental health while taking care of loved ones. Just a little bit of recognition and support goes a long way from paid carers. I think we all recognise that we know carers somewhere um, and we've maybe we have stopped and wondered how on earth we can help. During lockdown, members of the royal family have all ventured online. Prince Charles recorded a video speaking about how he fought off COVID-19. Luckily, with relatively mild symptoms. Um, and I find myself on the other side of the illness. While the Cambridges played a round of royal bingo with residents of a nursing home. Catherine's going to pick out the first ball. OK. So the first number is five and eight. 58. One little duck, number two. Kate's latest home video encourages people to enter her community photo competition. It isn't too late to take part. So please take a moment to capture what life's like for you, because together I hope that we can build a lasting illustration of just how our country pulled together during the pandemic. The monarchy adapting to change just like the rest of us.
Now, unlike the rest of us, the Queen has two birthdays, her real one in April and then her official celebration in June, which is usually this weekend with Trooping the Colour. It is cancelled due to the pandemic, but the palace has confirmed there will be a scaled-back military ceremony at Windsor. Police are searching for a man and a woman who fled after a car crashed through a North Melbourne home, leaving it badly damaged. The pair were seen limping from the vehicle before emergency services were called before midnight. Firefighters say the property is structurally unstable now and have called for a building surveyor. An 84-year-old woman who was inside at the time was left shaken but uninjured. Four men are on the run after they threw petrol bombs at a home south of Brisbane, forcing a 19-year-old mother and her baby to flee. Police are searching for the hooded group who also tried to burn a ute. Bianca Stone has the latest. These CCTV pictures are terrifying. At least five firebombs thrown into a house at Logan Reserve. It happened just after two o'clock yesterday morning. Four men wearing hoodies can be seen turning up to a vacant lot next door. They're carrying an esky full of firebombs. They begin hurling them over the side fence. Inside that house is a sleeping family. A 20-year-old man, a 19-year-old woman and a young baby. One of those firebombs landed inside the baby's bedroom, another in the kitchen. Those offenders then fled the scene but not before trying to torch a ute that was parked outside. The CCTV pictures show the terrified mother carrying her baby leaving that house. It's neighbours who came to their aid with buckets of water trying to put those flames out. We're not injured at all. We got out of the house um, pretty much straight away. It's so overwhelming and gross, you know, having a young child in the house. The focus for detectives is now why this particular home in Logan Reserve was firebombed. Was the family the target or was this the case of mistaken identity? Anyone with information is being asked to contact Crime Stoppers. A top US military general says he regrets walking alongside Donald Trump outside the White House as police and protesters clashed in Washington, D.C. General Miley admitted to breaking the tradition of mixing the military with politics. Paul Kadak has more. Good morning, Sally. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, admitting it was a mistake to be a part of the entourage that day with Donald Trump wearing his combat uniform walking through the park outside the White House after police had used, used tear gas and rubber bullets to forcefully clear out peaceful protesters and the media so the president could pose in front of a vandalised church. In a speech to university graduates, General Milley suggested he'd crossed a political line going against a tradition of the military staying out of politics and that he should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. As a commissioned uniformed officer, it was a mistake that I've learned from. General Milley reportedly thought about resigning over what happened, saying the idea of an apolitical military was part of the essence of the country. As the Commander-in-Chief digs in on his refusal to allow the renaming of military bases named after Confederate generals, tweeting today those that deny their history are doomed to repeat it. But there's growing support for the move in Washington. The American people know these names have to go. And then you have the president make a case as to why a base should be named for them. He seems to be the only person left who doesn't get it. And today the Senate Armed Services Committee, which is led by Republicans, approved a measure that would allow the renaming to happen. Sally. 
Locals, as well as scout leaders from across the UK, have rallied to protect a statue of Robert Baden-Powell. Anti-racism protesters had targeted the statue, claiming that the founder of the scouting movement had links with the Nazis. The local council in Dorset said it would remove the statue for its own safety, drawing a chorus of anger from crowds. Give them a bunch of fivers. <laughs> Anybody who touches it. The council had since reversed its decision and the statue will instead be given 24-hour security. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Before Shopify, were you wondering where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.